This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network, presented by Prize Picks 2021 Fantasy Football Rankings Update, and all of the news and injury concerns that you may have to deal with at the moment. It's midweek, and I don't normally drop these midweek, but normally people don't get this hurt in Monday Night Football preseason games, which severely impact the rankings going forward. So what I want you to do is smash the like button to the video, subscribe to Mayo Media Network, obviously, and then in the comment section, tell me if you are drafting today, not knowing the full extent of the injury to Travis Etchen, would you still draft him? And where would you draft him right now amongst what other running backs? I'm curious to know your thoughts on it because I had a really tough time ranking him not knowing the information. But I was like, if I got a draft tonight, what am I going to be doing? If you need to see all of my updated rankings, they're in the description of this video. Just click on the top 150 and navigate your way from there. I'm going to go over the guys that I've adjusted around a little bit because of the injuries and of the news today. If you're listening to the audio podcast of this version, stay tuned after me. We have Laquan Jones with the three must-have players of the year in your season-long fantasy football drafts. That video will be up on Mayo Media Network momentarily as well, so please be on the lookout for that. Click on it, like it, share it around, and follow Laquan on Twitter because he's hilarious for one thing and he is super sharp. He's going to be a big part of the fantasy football picks and bets moving forward throughout the course of the year as we shift into five or even six times a week going forward. I do need to let you know about prize picks, though. I'm going to be going over some of the prize picks over-unders and maybe some opportunity for you to catch some soft lines because of these injuries. They don't update it enough. So in the description, there is a link. You click on that link and you can deposit on prizepicks.com. Use code MMN for Mayo Media Network. And when you do that, you will get a match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit 20 you get 40. Deposit 50, you get 100. You deposit 100, you get 200. So you might as well take advantage of the free money that they're giving away right now. Plus, we are working on a preseason props pool, and the only way that you can get into that is if you have deposited using code MMN. So you might as well just throw 20 bucks up there right now to make sure you have that, because I think first prize is going to be a pretty good prize. Put it that way. So highly recommend that you go do that now. Later on in the week, Beyond Laquan, we'll have a Friday night breakdown of prize picks and DraftKings, plus a Sunday night recap of all of the preseason games. So please subscribe to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, the audio podcast, if that's how you like to listen to podcasts. Rate and review, by the way, and congratulations to the $1,500 worth of winners out there for rating, reviewing, and subscribing, and downloading, and hopefully listening to Fantasy Football picks and bets. So here's the major story of the day. Travis Etienne has a Liz Frank injury. As I am recording this, I do not know the extent of his injury at the moment. So the way that I'm looking at it right now is it's not going to be good. They said he's out indefinitely. So obviously I've had to drop him in the rankings. I put him behind Zach Moss. That's in the mid forties at running back right now, no longer a priority target. So obviously this means that James Robinson is going to make the leap up the list right now, which also means that if you drafted him in like the seventh, eighth round, which I felt like was a reach on James Robinson, you're going to get a pretty handsome payday. It seems at the moment until we know the full extent of the news I'm operating on worst case scenario i hear there's three different types of tiers of liz frank injuries one is just you know very minor come back right away because it's a foot sprain another one will take like three four weeks the other one's going to be like a while and may not play this year so i'm going to hedge between like 
eight weeks. Let's put it that way is going to be my timetable. If we get more information, of course, I'm going to update the rankings. I'm going to do a full rankings blowout update with all the news, readjusting the ranks on Thursday's Pat Mayo experience with Jake Seeley. So you can, there'll be a full form conversation, just not me rattling off my insane thoughts the entire time. So here's how it's going to look right now. If we go over to prizepicks.com, we'll search James Robinson out. So you can see the over under on James Robinson right now on prize picks for season rushing total is 750 yards. Now this is Urban Meyer. And I feel like there was a reason that they brought in Carlos Hyde to this team. What that means is maybe Robinson isn't the complete full stop back. Now I'm going to jump over to runthesims.com. This tool is completely free at runthesims.com right now. If you want any of the premium products like the optimizer or game simulations, like the DFS and gambling stuff, that's you know a premium product. So you go to runthesims.com slash mayo, get yourself a discount. Then you have seven days to cancel if you don't like it and get all your money back. But I promise you, you're going to like the tools. This one, however, is completely free. Just needs an email, no credit card, anything like that. So go to runthesims.com, and this is really helpful for when stuff like this happens, and we can capitalize on a soft prize picks line like this. So let's just say Etienne is out until week eight. That would probably end up giving him, let's call it 10% of the market share of carries. I have Lawrence up around 18. Let's drop him down just because I was fiddling around with his numbers. Let's drop him down to 15%. So that leaves us at 68% for the Jags right now in the team total. We'll bump up Carlos side to 20%. That seems reasonable as a backup running back. That leads an additional 23% to give to James Robinson. Even that seems low, a 48% share of the rushes on this team, 4.848. What's going on here? 48%, 48 48.1%. So all of a sudden, James Robinson shifts up into running back number 42 on the list, but that's also because Etienne is at a 12% market share. Let's bump him down to a 3% and give some of that total spilled back over to a 13% for Robinson. And now we're starting to look pretty good. We have to downgrade the touchdown rate, obviously, because if you're only playing 10% of, if you're getting 10% of the rushes in the offense, you're not going to score 38% of the touchdowns, hate to say, We'll just call him 10% of the touchdowns. That leaves us, and we have to think that James Robinson is likely to be the goal line back. That would be sort of the premise that you're drafting him under. So now we can just add 20, 38, 45%. Uh, to him right now. And you can see that we have the rushing or TD rushing rate pretty low. We can enhance that to 38% for the team's total. And we're going to enhance the rushing rate a little bit up to 43%. Although with the way that the Jags offensive line looked, uh, they might be playing from behind in some games. Poor Trevor Lawrence, the guy's going to be fed to the wolves. So we made those adjustments to the projections overall. And all of a sudden you can see James Robinson is now running back number 21 in the projections. Carlos Hyde, and we didn't really adjust him at all. Uh, we have him at running back net 58. Now this is still assuming eight weeks out for Travis Etchen. Now if he's fine by like week two, obviously all of this is out the window. So what does that leave us with? I'm going to save the projections. I'm going to go to the projections by position and just see what that spits us out for. James Robinson. There he is. Now that would give him 423 yards receiving. So 919 yards on the ground on 206 carries based on the info that I've put in. So when we jump back over, we see 750 yards. Now that's well above that number. And that's assuming that Etienne only gets 10% and that James Robinson is going to be the one that really inherits half of the rushes on this team. A high, I mean, it doesn't matter about the touchdown rate or anything like that, but he's just going to be on the field a lot more. Now I've really inflated his stats. So that feels like 
almost best case scenario for what it's not best case scenario, but that's probably like an 80th percentile outcome or 85th percentile of what James Robinson can be. Of course, he can exceed that with a really excellent year. However, if Etienne is back in week two, you probably see those numbers go back down. This is also great news for Chenault, as I always feared that when they drafted Etienne, he was sort of this X-factor player, that he was going to take a lot of the similar routes that Chenault was going to be running. Now, with Etienne cleared out and boxed out of the pitcher, more snaps for Chenault, more routes for Chenault, but he's also potentially going to get some work out of the backfield too. We've seen that that is something that Urban Meyer will do, and we know that Chenault is fully equipped to take on a role like that. So maybe that eats into James Robinson a little bit. So even in like an 85th percentile, when we look at the prize picks, you'd think like, oh, that's a smash over. I don't think so on 150 yards, uh, 150.5 rushing yards. I just don't have any trust that all of a sudden this isn't a split backfield with Carlos Hyde because, you know, you got Ohio State connections, loves the guy. And there's, I'm really convinced that there is a reason that they brought him in. So the stats would tell you, if you project it out that way, that over 750 rushing yards is like an absolute smash lock if he doesn't get hurt. So let's factor in injury. Let's go to like the 60th percentile. And now that feels like an under all of a sudden. I feel like I would be more comfortable doing this with the under. So in my rankings right now, I have moved Robinson up from 39 to to 28. That puts him right behind Miles Gaskin uh, in just one spot ahead of Chase Edmonds. Uh, and that's for the time being until we get more information. Like if you were doing a draft tonight, that's where I would have them right. That's the order that I would draft them in. Now, again, if Etienne is going to be like, okay, or back by like week four, I don't know how much I really want James Robinson, because this is an important point. We think about fantasy running backs, in any position in general, the easiest weeks to get by with injuries are the weeks before the bye weeks. Everyone is playing. So you have a wider player pool to go pick up someone off of waivers or have a deeper bench that no one is hurt yet and they don't have bye weeks. You're not dealing with a lot of that. So I'm not too concerned about players that miss weeks one or weeks two because you don't have to think about it as, in terms of prize picks you do because you're trying to hit over-unders, but in terms of your fantasy team, you really need to think about that spot as running back one or running back two. So in running back two, if you have someone like James Robinson and he is your, or you have Etchen, that's who you drafted, and he's going to be back by week three, let's say. The first two weeks, you can play Jamal Williams. You can play Gus Edwards, because at the end of the year, it's not how many points Etchen scored. It is how many points replacement player plus he scored in your running back two slot when you started him. It's just so much easier to navigate the first few weeks when players are injured. Now, it's not great that players would be coming into the year with an injury because the risk of re-aggravation is just going to be so much higher. However, it is something you can piece together. It's better with suspension players, like that year that Bell got suspended for the first little bit or was going to be before he actually like legit sat out. He was fine. He was like a, a guy that you wanted to have in fantasy. So you shouldn't be sweating that all too much in that situation. Um, in that game, I mean, it's funny, with the role that they were going to use Etienne with, like the out of the backfield hybrid type player, like Tavon Austin is on this roster. I don't think he does anything, but they would just be getting so cute in that offense. And I don't know what the hell Urban Meyer is up to anyway. So maybe we'll see some more Tavon Austin. Marvin Jones banged up, banged up his shoulder in that game. My guy, Marvin Jones, apparently he's going to be okay. So had a collective... As uh, you saw him there wincing on the ground a little bit, but hopefully everything comes back fine. He's going to be okay for week one, and we can just get on with the rest of our lives. 
Now, on the other side of the ball, we had some injuries and some pretty weird news. Because I always like Latavius Murray. He's one of my favorite guys to draft, but he's in danger of being cut at the moment. Our guy, Tony Lewis, or is it Tony Jones? Tony, Tony Lewis. For some reason, I wrote down Tony Lewis, but it's Tony Jones Jr. Yeah, Tony Jones is the one who has now been elevated up to apparently number two on the depth chart. And that's what we've seen from what we've witnessed on the field. And beat reporters are saying the same thing, that all of a sudden he becomes a last round flyer. I, I bump Murray way down in the rankings. He's now down with Kenneth Gainwell. I can't trust him. I've already drafted him in spots, which absolutely sucks. But I now moved Jones ahead of him in the rankings. Neither of them are high, obviously. Uh, when you go and look at the rankings, you'll see how far down Latavius is. I think he's like 149 of 150 of the top 150. Jones is slightly ahead of that um, in the rankings right now. Um, like, Put it this way, Latavius Murray is down with like Xavier Jones and Quadre Olison, like backup backups, and even those guys might have higher upside. Although we don't want to overreact to the preseason and rumors coming out. I mean, Murray goes and has one good game in week three of the preseason. All of a sudden he's back and I'll readjust the rankings. But right now when we're dealing with handcuffs, especially elevated handcuffs, you have to pump the brakes a little bit. Like I had him in the Gus Edwards, AJ Dillon range. I can't have him there right now with the uncertainty around him. I moved up Jones into the Devonte Booker tier of backup running back right now. Cause we know how valuable that running back backup slot to Elvin Kamara is should anything happened to Kamara, that player would then instantly become a starter on your fantasy team. So you have to think through those situations right now. They, they don't have any prize picks up for Latavius Murray at the moment. Probably good on them for that one. The other biggest stories of the game, Marcus Calloway continues to go up and up and up the rankings. He's now behind Michael Pittman. I moved up him and Jacoby Myers to just around where Michael Pittman was. Then I moved up Michael Pittman because of the Wentz news to just ahead of Devontae Parker. So mid-30s for Pittman, mid-40s for Calloway and Jacoby Myers. Calloway above Myers right now, but I think those guys are very adept flyers. Uh, I think Calloway has a bit more upside, but... We still don't know exactly what his role can be. Like, Traquan could be better than him, for all we know. That's just not what we're seeing with our eyes in the preseason, especially when it comes to Jameis, who really felt like he took an inside track to have the starter's job in New Orleans right now over Taysom Hill. He looked really good, 9-10 passing, throwing the ball down the field. All the Jameis stuff that we know and love. Uh, if he's the starter, he's going to be a viable fantasy guy, 100%, because the Saints don't seem like they're going to be awesome this year. So a lot of chucking it for Jameis, and that's really what he does best, regardless of who he has at receiver. But it seems like he's locked in with Callaway right now. We'll see how that continues to shape out. I don't want to go like reaching crazily for Marquez Callaway, but he's now at like number 98 in my top 150 overall, mid 40s at receiver, a potential super high upside guy, honestly, at least until Michael Thomas comes back, if he ever comes back. And God forbid anything happened to Elvin Kamara, then you could see a market share of like 27% or something crazy like that for him. Or it could be Traquan at the same time. Callaway, like I mentioned, does have the inside edge. And you'd think, oh, great news for Adam Troutman. No, he's hurt. And then his backup, Nick Vinette, no. He's now going with an MRI on his knee to find out the severity. No official word on how injured these two guys are, but it's not looking good. When Troutman gets carted off the field, not great news for his health moving forward. That leaves Jawana Man. Jawan John, Jawan Johnson as the T tight end one in New Orleans, not draftable, but someone to put on your watch list in case he is someone that whatever quarterback gravitates towards if these guys are out for an extended period of time. There's just not a lot of household names in this offense in the passing game that it literally could be anyone. That's why we're glomming on to Callaway and the potential targets that he could see, the volume that he could provide. But if all of a sudden Johnson's on the field and he's not blocking, 
I mean, Jameis can make a tight end good. Doesn't really matter. He's a big body for the red zone, too. So keep an eye on him as a watch list player. Again, not draftable at the moment, especially not knowing the news. But that is something to figure out. DeAndre Swift is now iffy for week one with a groin injury. I did move him down one spot. I had him one spot ahead of J.K. Dobbins in my rankings at number 15 at running back. So I dropped him below Dobbins and below Chris Carson. He's still on that tier in my rankings. He's just now on the back end of that tier. And I moved up Jamal Williams just a little bit to be in that Gus Edwards type of range of like the mid-30s, mid to high 30s at running back. Someone who could potentially be a starter in week one. And he's someone whose role that I think is just going to be okay for the year. Nothing great mind you but he is an excellent pass blocker and Detroit's not good so if they have to pass a lot maybe we'll see him on the field good PPR player half point PPR player cheap DraftKings plug and play if he can get some goal line work but the this groin with I mean that groin with a running back he came back he was missing time then he came back to practice and now he's out again and he might miss week one so if we take a firm look at what Swifty is up to here oh Let's see, where is Swift? 900.5 rushing yards on prize picks right now. If we go to the projection builder and we go back to inputs by team on runthesims.com, let's take a look at Detroit and see what we're up to. So we, I we, I initially had 46% for DeAndre Swift for the year, 38 for Jamal Williams. That made Swift running back number 13, Williams number 38, only because of the market share. Like I gave him 65% of the rushing touchdowns. Williams only 22%. But if he's going to miss time, then all of a sudden that would shift their fantasy outlooks quite a bit. And that's what the 12% market share of the receptions in this offense too, which listen, if he plays week one, I think that he's going to hit these totals. But now we're a bit iffy. So let's live in a world where he is injured for two weeks, three weeks, or he has to miss something because he re-aggravates it again throughout the course of the year. What if we just bump him down to, actually, let's take a look at the numbers with. 46% and see what that gives DeAndre Swift. So we see Swift, that would give him a thousand yards rushing based on the parameters that we have in play right now. How far down do we have to put him to get him below that total? Let's give him 27% of the market share of rushes to factor in injury and just how this offense might end up running. We'll bump up Jamar Jefferson to not 5,100%. I was just going to bump him up to 10% and be on my way. And then we'll bump up Jamal Williams to 49%. If I press the buttons, that usually works out better for me. Oh, this is why Excel bothers me to no end. So 49%. So we're almost there. And maybe Goff runs a little bit more. We'll see how all of this comes out. You, know, you might even have our guy, Mr. Blau, ends up coming in the game. So we'll save that and see that what that does to the overall prospects. And like down to a 27% market share, that's his role minus four games, essentially. And that's not out of the question if he's going to miss week one and is dealing with a groin injury. Like that doesn't sound great at all. And again, I'm looking at worst case scenarios here because keep typing in shift. Swift, so old Swifty. So that puts him down to below 600 rushing yards. So if you didn't like the under for James Robinson because it was a bit deflated, the under 900.5, if this is going to be, and this probably isn't going to change anytime soon. So you go to prizepicks.com, you deposit using code MMN, get your match bonus. DeAndre Swift under is starting to look a little bit more appealing when it comes down to it. I still have faith that he's going to be fine. Tier three running back for me at the back end of that tier, like I said, behind Carson, behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire, behind J.K. Dobbins, but still ahead of like the David Montgomery's of the world in my mind, just because of the up 
upside that he can possess. But if he's already dealing with an injury in this offense, which looks like it's from like the 1970s, I don't know how great he's going to be. Like there's a potential downside to him too when we're considering range of outcomes for the season. So that's something that you need to really think of. So like I said, Jamal Williams has now been elevated to one spot ahead of Tony Pollard in the running back rankings. Other things to look at. I think he's been taken off the board. Oh no, Daryl Henderson is still there. 925.5 rushing yards on the season for him. Uh, I like that number a lot, actually. I think that's a pretty good one, but he did sprain his thumb. It was a light sprain in practice. Uh, as we talked about, Kalias ended up getting cut from the team, but he wasn't really in the running to be the overall backup for Daryl Henderson in this spot. And by all accounts, Henderson is going to be okay for week one. It, it's not that big of a problem. I still think that Xavier Jones is the primary backup. However, you're still dealing with other names at the moment, like Jake, bring on the funk. Here comes the funk in the name that I love the most, Otis Anderson. Just a very solid name. Those guys seem to be firmly third and fourth on the depth charts right now. It is Xavier Jones that if you need a handcuff, if you're just drafting late, you have a COVID spot on your fantasy team roster, you move CeeDee Lamb to that spot. You might as well pick someone up in the meantime. Is he the best one? Might be one of the best ones that's probably still available in your league. Right? I don't know who's available in your league. Every league is different. But Xavier Jones would be the name to keep on top of that. Quick news at a Jets camp. Makai Becton had to leave practice with a, with a concussion. Not great. Everyone's going down on the Jets. Hmm. Wonder why. Andrew Curse. Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis have been placed on the COVID COVID contact list. They're going to miss five days of practice, much like with what happened to Cam Newton as reported yesterday. So the more they're staying away from the team, just the more reps that means for other players on the bills at the moment. Forrest Lamp, the guard they brought over from the Chargers, former second round pick has been placed on injured reserve. So you know, not great news at a bills camp, although it looks like Diggs's knee is starting to get better and Singletary and Moss are both playing in the backfield now. And as long as Diggs and Josh Allen are fine, I'm fine with the Buffalo bills. And I'm sure that they're thinking exactly the same thing too. More room for Isaiah McKenzie and Emmanuel Sanders to get some reps with Josh Allen to see if Sanders can really develop a rapport at this place in time. This is an important one. Javian Hawkins has been cut by the Atlanta Falcons. And I've been kind of big on Mike Davis, not because I love Mike Davis, because I truly believe that this is his role, a potential three down role in this offense. And when you can get someone who gets the goal line work, the between the twenties work and the passing game work, it's a valuable fantasy asset. Like he is someone that I have ahead of DeAndre Swift at the moment as a part of that tier as well, just based on volume concerns alone. Now, if he gets hurt, it's not going to make that much of a difference. That basically just leaves Mike Davis and Quadre Olison in the Falcons backfield after getting rid of another player. So I keep circling back to 800.5 rushing yards for Mike Davis, who, if healthy, is likely to be the starter for all 17 games this year. Doesn't take a whole lot to get to 800 rushing yards if you're going to be playing that much and you're the primary back playing like 70% of the snaps. And that's within his outcomes. That's a likely outcome for Mike Davis if he remains healthy. There's always upside. There's always downside. But if we're looking at the median outcome for what Mike Davis is at, so you go over on Mike Davis, under on DeAndre Swift, boom, there's your power play that pays three to one on prize picks. Use that link in the description, MMN, as the code to get that match deposit. So that's an easy one to go through. You can go through all of these, obviously. But that's one I really like. I keep gravitating more and more and more towards Mike Davis. He's one of these players that the hype just isn't there for. No one is excited to draft Mike Davis. But let's just take a look at the projections that we had him at. We had Jadavian Hawkins at 10% of the team's overall carries. Well, let's just shrink that down to nothing and just take him completely out of the mix. Market share down to zero. 
for receiving because he's not playing this year for the Atlanta Falcons, at least. We'll bump up Quadre Olison to, yeah, let's give him 15, not 150%. We'll give him 15%. We're going to drop down Cordero Patterson to 10%, and we'll bump up Mike Davis to 65%. That's like an elite market share of rushes. That would make him running back number 13 for the year, and that's assuming he's only averaging 3.9 yards per carry in 11% market share of the targets. So just a fringe running back one, especially one doing damage on the ground. So you know what? I'll even go back and decrease his projections a little bit just to make it a bit more fair. Let's call him 55% of the market share and see what happens then. And we'll go to the projections. Running back, Mike Davis, down to 55% makes him running back number 16. He's still going over that number uh, of 800.5. That would put him at 225 carries, 879 rushing yards, and his 3.9 yards per carry is one of the lowest I have as any input for a player at running back this year. Mostly everyone's like 4.5. So that's really damping down how effective his carries are. And you can see through attrition, he's still going to get that number. So over on the Mike Davis prize picks of 800 rushing yards, then under on the 900 of DeAndre Swift. And you got a stew going at that point. So that's a pretty good situation to be in. Carson Wentz, uh, I talked about this yesterday on the Pat Mayo Experience and broke down the Colts a little bit more. But if no setbacks, he should be starting in week one. That's why I moved Pittman back up. But is a foot injury. He had like foot surgery, apparently. And he's supposed to be out five to 12 weeks, but now he's fine. Something seems up with this that I'd wait till the end of the week before I started like going all in on Carson Wentz because it feels like he's going to need some rest days and see how he's doing after that. Final bit of preseason news, and there'll be more on this on Fantasy Football Picks and Bets later in the week with Lauren Carpenter when she breaks down the slates uh, of the preseason games. Justin Fields is starting the final Bears preseason game, so go over on his prize picks, play him on DraftKings. That is the move for everything right now. Smash the like button on the way out, subscribe to Mayo Media Network, and check out all of the rankings down in the description of this video and podcast. And now, stay tuned for Laquan Jones and his three must-have players of the fantasy football season. These three guys are must-have fantasy football players i definitely need these guys across all my leagues max shares city guys i do not want you guys leaving the draft board without these three guys they will be helping you lead your way to the championship so let's get right into it hey so i got to get me some cooper cup he's definitely a must-have i know this is a homer pick you see the ramp stuff behind me but i cannot leave the draft board without Cooper Cup. Wide receiver 18 right now. He's a clear-cut wide receiver, too, with huge upside for a monster touchdown performance. Once upon a time in 2019 when he finished wide receiver 5. They're in a similar situation now where the running game took a hit with injury, a.k.a. Todd Gurley, back in 2019. So I definitely think Sean McVay not really too confident in the running game with Darrell Henderson, who also just had a thumb injury and is kind of like, oh, no. Here comes to injuries, but it's not going to keep him off the field, but it's just, I don't think the running game is going to be as great as everybody wants it to be. And I definitely think this can lead them back to a pass heavy offense. 2019, Jared Goff tied with Jameis Winston with the most passing attempts with 626. So with that being on the table as an option for them to go pass heavy, this creates more opportunities for Cooper Cup, more targets, more targets in the red zone, which equals more touchdowns for Cooper Cup. And I love to see and hear that. So I definitely think him at wide receiver 18 is a great value for a nice wide receiver, too. 
with a lot of wide receiver one upside. And I definitely need all of that. I need all of that on my team. I need max shares across all my leagues. Now, next up, I got to have me some Najee Harris. Running back 11 right now. And I think we're a little too low on him, to be honest. Because right now, he's going as a lot of people's RB2s. And this could be a dangerous combination if you get a JT in the first round. If you get a Nick Chubb. Or if you get an Austin Eckler. All these combinations can be great with a Najee Harris. I honestly believe we're going to be talking about him in the first round, early first round, top five, maybe top seven this year. Najee Harris has shown us great ability, workhorse ability, if anything, in the preseason where he's catching passes out of backfield, fighting for extra yards. This is all things we like to see out of our rookies. Najee Harris is going to be a beast this season. Definitely take some weight off of Big Ben, having to throw the ball, you know, 90 times a game. I definitely think the running game will make the offense more balanced because they have Najee Harris. The last time we've seen a guy like this get this much workload and get this much praise and be a dual threat out of the backfield is Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going to say he's going to be Le'Veon Bell. He may even be better than Le'Veon Bell. So Najee Harris, I need me all max shares. I cannot leave the draft board without a Najee Harris. Now, my next and last and final guy, last, certainly not least, because all these guys are fire, T. Higgins. Now he is wide receiver 27 at the moment, and we're hearing reports of a lot of Jamar Chase is struggling through camp, trying to get separation, and then we're seeing him in preseason kind of struggle where he's dropping passes, et cetera, et cetera. So, therefore, that lets me say, hey, I'm going to take the cheaper option at ADP and get me some T. Higgins. I'm going to go with with I know going with the Sather option. I know T Higgins is an NFL playmaker. That's exactly what I need on my team. I definitely think with a healthy Joe Burrow, sky's the limit. With T Higgins having six touchdowns, I look for these numbers to increase the targets, the catches, the touchdowns, et cetera, et cetera. T Higgins is the guy to have as a solid wide receiver too. And I love the value I'm getting on him because he has some wide receiver one upside. And I definitely think he needs to be on your roster. Do not leave the draft board without T. Higgins. You let everybody else jump and get the Jamar Chase and get, you know, whoever else that they're going to jump on inside that top 25 of wide receivers. T. Higgins is wide receiver 27 sitting outside of that top 25. The value is there for him to have a huge upside as a wide receiver one as your wide receiver two. Go get you some T. Higgins. So that wraps up these three guys you shouldn't be leaving the draft board without. These are must-have players. So make sure you guys download the app, Prize Picks. Set up your account, sign up using promo code MMN, and let's get the big bucks this season. And I'll see you guys next week for another great episode. Peace.